At photographycourse.net, you'll be able to swap your expertise with other photographers, make light instead of wishing for it, expand your portfolio, and receive feedback from professionals, all of which will develop your artistic eye. Photographycourse.net offers an abundance of premium courses and challenges for participants at every stage of their journey, from technical settings for portrait photography, to landscape composition tricks, to how to start your own photography business, we have everything you need to start shooting confidently. You can work at a pace that suits you. Our 52-week project challenge will provide you with the educational resources, encouragement, and support that you need to take great photographs every week. You can join us at any time as our themes are evergreen. You can also start by shooting every day and learning something new with our 365 Days of Photography course. Led by an industry expert who has mentored over 10,000 students, this course will help you take your photography skills to the next level with daily, bite-sized videos. Throughout the process of learning, you'll have access to a community that will provide you with inspiration and motivation. Get encouragement from other photographers every single day. Our current limited time offer comes with a special discount code exclusive to the listeners of this podcast. Get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Claim this discount by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST. Come join photographycourse.net and capture more than just a moment. Have you ever been interested in taking meaningful and eye-catching self-portraits? If so, our self-portrait of photography indoors on a budget course is perfect for you. I'm actually the instructor, and I'll be teaching you how to take really beautiful photographs of yourself indoors without investing in any other equipment. These lessons are all about making the most of what you have, experienced or not, and telling an authentic story. There are 30 video lessons that include quizzes, a community of photographers, random surprises, and much more. This is an incredible opportunity for you to improve your self-portrait photography skills and to impress everyone around you. I have a very special discount code just for our podcast listeners. We're offering a 50% discount code just for you. Use this code to claim your discount, Portrait50. Hello everyone, my name is Taya and I'm the host of Great Big Photography World Podcast, where we interview notable photographers in the industry, give advice on a wide variety of topics, and provide tips for beginners and professionals alike. In this episode, I talk to landscape photographer Erez Marom. Erez hosts photography workshops around the world, takes stunning photographs in unique places, and constantly challenges himself to try new things. We talk about his workshops, what photography means to him, and much more. Please enjoy. Hi, Erez. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. Please introduce yourself to the listeners. Hi, Tara. Hi, listeners. Uh, I'm Erez Marom. I'm a professional uh, nature photographer from Israel. I uh, specialize in uh, landscape mostly, and uh, I do also some uh, uh, wildlife. And uh, yeah, I've been shooting for the last uh, decade, a little more than that, professionally, full-time professionally for a decade. And uh, I love photography. Great introduction. And I'm really happy that Ian Plant recommended your work to me because you have a very solid and diverse portfolio with all kinds of fascinating photographs so i think we'll have a pretty interesting conversation absolutely and uh, i think uh, diversity and uh, you know making something new and going new places 
is something that uh, most definitely def- uh, defines me as a photographer and uh, defines the way that I see doing something new as absolutely uh, paramount uh, for for making art. I mean, photography is a medium where you barely have something called performance art. I mean, if you're a musician, you can take someone else's quote-unquote composition and perform it in an artistic way, in a new way, mm-hmm. and it would be art. But in photography, you can't take someone else's shot, shoot it yourself, and call it art. You've done nothing. So, I mean, for me, uh, going new places, doing new things, shooting new compositions, you know, innovating in some sort of manner, in some way or form, is absolutely key to making art in the world of photography. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I tried a lot. And uh, by the way, thank you, Ian, for recommending me. Ian is a very good friend of mine, and uh, we shoot a ton together. So I'm uh, I'm very happy and excited that he recommended me. Yeah, and you mentioned that you challenge yourself to try new things, and that that's an important part of photography. Let's start with that. So when you first got into photography, was that something that you were already aware of, or how did you become the photographer that you are today? Oh, I, I was definitely not aware. I mean, when I started photography, I basically went where everyone else in Israel goes. I mean, Israel is beautiful, and uh, but it's quite small. It, it is very diverse. We have a lot of uh, different climate zones in a very tiny country. But there are only so many places you can shoot. I mean, you have the Dead Sea, you have the, the, the beach. Uh, and everyone was going to the same places. And basically, I was doing the same, going to the same places where I saw everyone shooting and uh, doing the same composition. Um, but then you grow. You grow artistically and and you start thinking about what you're doing. And uh, I started, of course, I started this as, as an amateur. I didn't start a full-time pro. And then when you improve and you start considering yourself a serious photographer, even not a pro, you start being more serious about it. You start a lot of thought to what, and it progressively grew and grew and grew. And at some point, I, I was, you know, I, I was talking to my friends, I was talking to professionals, I was, you know, talking to myself even, trying to understand what I want to aspire to, what I want to do with my photography, where I want to go, and uh, what kind of photographer I want to be. And um, and during this process, you know, you start realizing, and it starts accelerating this. Uh, understanding that if you want to be a real artist, if you want to be a real photographer, you have to do new things. I mean, there is no such thing as performance art in photography. You have to do new things. And different people have different ways of of achieving that. Some people, you know, trek and and hike and climb farther than anyone to achieve a, a certain composition. But that's not mandatory. I mean, you know, I often say photography is not the Olympics. It's not a competition. It's not a fitness competition. You just need to find new composition and new things to shoot. I mean, take a globe and spin it. Put your finger and, you know, do some research and, and, and go there. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, as an Israeli, it's, uh, I have some sort of advantage because in Israel, if you don't travel, you're kind of weird. You're, you're a traveling... Uh, people. Uh, and I've, I, I was a traveler, a very seasoned traveler, way before I, I turned to photography. I traveled throughout my 20s, 
And uh, I have a lot of, of experience traveling and I have no fear of it. I have no fear of, of going to faraway places or foreign places or places that speak uh, foreign languages. I just manage. So uh, it is kind of an advantage because it opens up the world to you. Mm-hmm. So I have, uh, yeah, I don't have any, any fears of, of going to new places. So when you realize you need to do something new, something new and something exciting, and you need to create something that no one else has done before, then you incorporate your ability to travel and uh, just start thinking, okay, where do I want to go? What do I want to do? How do I create new things? Okay, by going to new places, where do you want to go? Where is a new place that excites me? You do some research and you go. But that is seemingly not very obvious to to others. (laughs) So I guess, uh, yeah, I guess it does... uh, separate people like Ian and I from others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, traveling is definitely an important part of photography, especially in landscape photography, because that will give you yeah. so many opportunities, so many new possibilities. And so you discovered this about yourself. Photographer, you, you probably don't need to travel that much. Mm-hmm. But uh, the, the thing that people fail to realize is that if you're a nature photographer, or especially a landscape photographer, you have to travel because if you do the same thing all over again i mean i know people that shoot the same picture with the same composition from the same place over and over and over and over again like dozens of times hundreds of times what do you get out of this you're doing nothing new to progress yourself as a person or as a photographer or as an artist just go somewhere else and people are just lazy to to find new compositions mm-hmm. but the very essence of being a professional artist or a professional nature photographer is finding those new compositions. This is what you do. So if you don't do that, better find another job. Right, yeah. And when did you decide to become a full-time photographer? Um, basically, when, when I realized I could. Mm-hmm. So, uh, okay, a, a very short, concise history of, of it is uh, I used to be a musician when I was younger. From the time I was about nine years old until my late 20s. And um, I also was an academic. I have a master's degree in engineering from Tel Aviv University. And I was also teaching a lot, uh, teaching uh, math in Tel Aviv University and other institutions in Israel. So I love science as well as music. And then during my late 20s, I kind of drifted away from the world of, of creating music. I mean, not from the world of music, because it will always be a part of my life, but um, drifted away from creating music. And uh, then I, I, I realized I was working in, I had a very short stint working in high tech, about 11 months. Don't ask me about it. Uh, I mean, the, you know, the, the life of office work made me realize I want a new home. And then by total accident, I uh, saw some pictures in an Israeli forum. This was before Facebook or social media. And I was stunned at what you can actually achieve with, uh, with a DSLR. So I bought it and I started as a hobby. And then this was around 2008, something like that. And then I started with uh, shooting macro and then I quickly turned to landscape. And then I started shooting. And then I realized I was, okay, I was pretty good at it. And, um, I started shooting more and more, started traveling uh, abroad to shoot. And um, then 
someone caught my my photography and asked me to to start teaching photography. So I started teaching uh, small scale in Israel, and then uh, DPReview.com uh, published that they're looking for writers, and uh, I was like, oh, I can write. I mean, my English is is okay. I can write in English. I I can uh, get a little bit of exposure writing for them. So I started writing for DP Review, and and this way I started to you know to get a little more known than I was internationally at least. And then uh, I decided, okay, I might be able to start guiding abroad. And uh, mm-hmm. at that point, I was a very experienced uh, traveler. So I took that, took this the the, abil- the abilities that come with that, and uh, I had a, a beautiful trip to to Iceland in 2011. And I said, okay, let's. Uh, I'll, I'll try to to start a workshop thing going on. And at that time, it was a very rare thing, you know, that workshops were not as common as they are today. There were workshops, but it's not near anywhere near the scale it is today. So I started, and uh, it was mildly successful. And then I, you know, I was in a at a junction at that point. It was either go for a PhD and a possible academic career or do something with that or try being a full-time photographer or at least a semi-pro photographer. And, uh, you know, when you do academic research, you really, really have to love it. You really have to want it with all your heart. And I realized I didn't. And I love science. I was okay at it. I wasn't amazing. And I realized that if I follow this path, I would never achieve greatness because I wasn't good enough, which is okay. But with photography, who knows? So I started pursuing photography way more seriously and uh, started doing more workshops, traveling more, traveling mostly for the sake of photography. You know, right now, okay, I don't travel, but two or three years ago when I was traveling a lot, all of my trips were photography trips. That's the only thing that that is interesting. You know, that is your obsession. And the more you do it, the more you're obsessed you get. And the better you get, the better you want to get. And the more you travel, the more you want to travel. <laughs> and it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a snowball. Now, I mean, there's, you can't separate photography from, from Ed as the person. <laughs> and I think every professional photographer will, Will tell will tell you that every professional artist will tell you the same. You cannot separate the artist from the art. It just takes hold of of every little aspect of your life in the best way possible. I love this this life. That's really beautiful, and you have a really cool history. And it's great that you chose photography, that you stayed true to, or that calling that you had. And you mentioned workshops, which nowadays, as you said, are pretty common. I'm curious to know if somebody, if a nature slash landscape photographer wants to become a full-time photographer, should they consider taking the workshop route at all costs or is it an optional thing? Well, if you have another way of making money, be my guest. Less competition for me. (laughs) (laughs) But um, seriously, I mean, look at the facts. Today, no one wants to buy pictures. No one. I mean, I sell pictures every year, but it's it's pocket money. It's a few, maybe a few thousand dollars per year. It's not real money. And if you guide workshops and if you give the participants 
something that other people don't give them, then you can make a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, I basically use my very, very deep uh, knowledge of traveling and very good uh, knowledge of the places I travel to, to make basically very, very good experiences for my, for my clients. And uh, even in workshops, I try to do things that other people do. I mean, I do the, the quote-unquote regular um, Lofoten Islands workshop, and uh, I used to do a lot of Iceland workshops, and that's not very original. But I do um, offer some very original workshops. Uh, in 2019, I took a group of photographers to Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is quite, quite rare. I mean, you don't often see an Ethiopia photo workshop on the market. Mm-hmm. And uh, people went crazy. I mean, we had amazing encounters with the uh, baboons, like super close, cool. like uh, w- one meter away from you. And we had a crazy volcanic eruption in front of our eyes in Ertale volcano. Mm-hmm. People went insane. I mean, imagine seeing a crazy eruption for the first time in your life. I mean, it's a, it's a hell of an experience. So, yeah, I tried to do a lot of unique stuff. So that I always guide, or almost always, I guide where I want to shoot myself. Mm-hmm. So basically, I go for a Reiki trip. I go for a preparation trip to make sure I have, uh, you know, a good understanding of the area. And then, if I'm still excited about some place, I will, you know, contact my regular clients and tell them, "Listen, there's this amazing place, and I would like to take you there." And uh, I'm very lucky and fortunate to have uh, clients that trust me and know that if I recommend something, you know, it's, it's for a very good reason. So the workshops basically enable me to return to places where I want to shoot and, and make a living doing that. Mm-hmm. And they also need the fuel to travel to new places. Yeah? So workshop route is a very, makes a lot of sense for an HF photographer. Mm-hmm. Firstly, you can't make a living, a good living. I don't know if you can't. Some some people probably, but it helps you make a, a very good living out of this thing. And secondly, it actually enables you to to go where you want to go. I mean, at least in my case, I know that some people are are not like that. Some people do the same exact thing again and again and again. I have zero understanding of how they keep their sanity. But I mean, there's some people in Iceland that just do Iceland 24 seven, 365 days a year throughout their careers. I mean, that must be worse than hell, but, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> don't get me wrong. If it works for someone or oh, more power to them, but I, I just couldn't ever do that. I need to keep my passion going as an artist. Mm-hmm. And I personally, I cannot keep my passion going to the same place doing the same thing over and over again. So uh, I have basically have to go. If I want to keep being a photographer, if I want to be an artist, an active artist, a person who is excited about what it does, I basically have to go to new places. And the workshops Mm -hmm. enabled me to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I can understand why it fuels your passion. And it's something that really stood out to me when I was looking at your workshops, because as you mentioned, you go to these places that, Maybe you've never been to me. Prepare a lot for them. It's a lot of work, and I, I can't even imagine how much you need to organize. Because on your website it says that you have 
you know, guides and professionals, the whole, I mean, you're a certified medic, right? There's just a lot of thought that needs to go into these things. It's, it's insane. I can't even imagine. Well, the medic thing was was just out of boredom. <laughs> the, yeah, I, I realized very fast I don't belong in the in the medical profession. I'm a delicate artist, you know. I'm a, I'm a lover, not a fighter. <laughs> and, uh, the blood is is not for me. Thank you very much. But it, it I mean, it's it's good to have. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. A lot of thought goes into it. But this is my career. I mean, I guess when someone has a career, if someone is a, a university professor and a researcher, you know, a lot of work and a lot of thought goes into that. And if someone is a is a high tech executive, then a lot of thought goes into that. So I, I don't see why photography should be any different. I mm. mean, what should I do? Not invest any thought and just do the same again and again? Absolutely. You know, that's not the level of life I, I, I wish to live. I wish to, you know, do the best I can in my chosen career path. And if you want to do something, you know, special and something uh, out of the ordinary in photography, you have to invest some thought. To be honest, I, I, I don't even consider it work because I do what I love. So, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I haven't worked in a decade. <laughs> That's amazing. A reach point of, of my career when, I mean, and that's the, that's the beauty of, of combining, you know, the ability to travel and the passion for travel and the passion for creating art and photography and the ability to, to guide workshops. Basically what I do throughout my career in the, in the recent years, at least is I think I, I you know, I wake up in the morning and I start pondering, I ponder, where do I want to go next? I consult my friends. I we, we talk, I talk to Ian a lot. I mean, usually if I go somewhere exciting, he will absolutely jump on the on the trip, and and vice versa. I mean, if he offers something interesting and exciting, I will of course join. So I start thinking, what do I want to do? Where do I want to go? Is there anything exciting going? Is there a volcano erupting? I mean, is there a solar eclipse coming? And if there is something exciting, uh, I will start planning the trip i mean a very good example is, is the total solar eclipse that happened in argentina in 2019 i want to say uh i talked to Ian, and uh, i i don't remember who brought it up first but we realized okay there's going to be total solar eclipse and ian has had already shot one eclipse a year before the one that was in in, in the u.s passed through the u.s wyoming etc uh but uh, I was a total solar eclipse uh, virgin. So uh, I told him, listen, I, I really want to see this amazing thing. And he said, okay, let's, let's start planning it. And uh, we actually realized that this eclipse was super special in that it passed through Argentina when it was very, very low in the sky. Now that is, I, I can't exaggerate how amazing that is because usually i mean of course you can't control where eclipses are so a lot of them i mean they're not that rare total solar eclipses they come once or twice a year but usually they're in the, the most uncomfortable places I mean, usually they're above the ocean and and in any case you cannot um, foresee or control and it's very rare to have eclipse happen when the sun is very very low in the sky in a shootable place and all that came together 
in Argentina in 2019, in July. So the eclipse was, the totality happened about an hour and a half or something like that before sunset. And it, uh, so that time, the sun was about 10 degrees above the horizon. So that is extremely special, really, really crazy in that it allows for near-far landscape composition to be taken. Mm-hmm. So uh, we went, uh, we started planning and Ian told me, listen, uh, I'm not going to just for the eclipse. Let's, let's do something else. And uh, apparently uh, Ian knew that uh, there's a very good photography to be done in the Argentina in Puna, in the high altitude desert in northern Argentina, very close to where the eclipse was scheduled to happen. So uh, I told him, okay, you plan it and uh, I'll join. And he planned. Uh, he's, he had already been in the area. So, uh, yeah, we went there and we started the trip doing this uh, week of, of uh, or 10 days of, of shooting in the Puna. And I was stunned. This landscape was amazing. It was unlike anything I've ever seen. And, uh, yeah, I mean, when you, when you find new places, new exciting places, you can shoot compositions which are completely new and pictures that no one else has. And, uh, of course, that uh, elevates the excitement threshold and, you know, you, you do some good stuff. Uh, some days were better, some days were worse, of course, uh, but I, I got back with a, a very nice portfolio. And then the eclipse happened, and, oh my God, it was really one of the most extreme things I've, I've ever seen. And in those two minutes, uh, two minutes of totality, Actually, I shot two pictures, uh, three pictures. So one of, um, you know, one a close-up of the eclipse, one an actual near-far composition like I wanted and, and planned all this time. And the third, I actually parked the drone, my drone in the air. And, uh, and then when I finished um, with, with the two land cam shots, the, the, the telephoto one and the near-far one, I actually picked up the remote and the drone was parked in the same place I, I left it. And I took a shot. I mean, the composition is not amazing, but it does have the eclipse reflecting in a lake. So that, that is pretty trippy. So long story short, we did all that. And, uh, and then, you know, after having this amazing experience in the, in the Puna, I thought, hey, why don't I bring some people there? And then uh, he devised and, and planned the Puna workshop. It didn't come into fruition because of COVID, but as, as soon as I can do it, I will. Photographycourse.net is a place where you can find an abundance of photography inspiration in different forms like premium courses, articles, video tutorials, editing resources, and much more. We have a thriving community where you can meet new people, receive constructive criticism, and discover new ideas every single day. Here is a message from one of our top community members, Robert Morton. Hi, my name is Rob. I specialize in wildlife photography and landscape photography. I'm a member of photographycourse.net online community. I like the community because you get some fantastic ideas and some great feedback. So take your photography to the next level by clicking the link in the description. That's what I did and I haven't looked back. If you want to join our online community, go to photographycourse.net and enter the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% of your first year as a premium member. So, uh, 
basically, you really have to open up your options in life, especially as a photographer. And, you know, plan, plan, uh, spin a globe, be uh, aware of, of interesting things happening in the world. You know, I was in April, I was in, in Iceland to shoot the volcano that had just erupted two weeks prior. I mean, be aware of, of crazy stuff happening and uh, you never know what you're going to get out of it. Our 365 Days of Photography course is an amazing opportunity for you to grow as a photographer. My teammate, Kevin LJ, has produced this course in a step-by-step -step format, which is very easy to follow. The course is presented in bite-sized lessons, each with a practical challenge. You'll learn and practice a new aspect of photography every single day. Each lesson is around five minutes long, and you can spend as much time on the challenges as you like. There's also a friendly forum where you can share the photos you take and get constructive feedback from others in the course. Kevin's professional photography experience is extensive. He covers not only photography essentials, but also many genres of photography throughout the course. You will learn far more about photography than simply how to use your camera. For our listeners, we're offering a very special discounted price of $199. The final price will soon be $365, so make sure to take advantage of this great deal today. Yeah, that's really cool stories and really good advice because I think it's important to be able to be spontaneous especially as a nature photographer because that's how you're going to get these amazing shots when you don't expect anything or when you half expect something and you're open to change so yeah it's really really exciting you have a very exciting life i think you need to be able to to think on your feet yeah? i mean a, a really good example is what is what happened uh, in the puna in the, in the first day actually we were traveling from from uh, salta from where we started the trip and uh, traveling to a labyrinth desert, a place where we, we stayed a few days shooting. And on the way, I see this amazing cactus field. And I realized that the sun was just about to rise above the mountain that was shading the cactus field. So I realized, hey, we need to stop here and wait for the sun to, to rise. And then we can get incredible high contrast shots of these cacti being you know with backlight and just the uh, just the contour of the cacti mm -hmm. visible you can really get super unique shots that way so you really need to to be able to to be spontaneous to to be certain enough of uh, premonition about what uh, a shot will look like uh, pre-visualization like ian likes to say and uh, yeah you need to trust yourself I mean, worst case, it doesn't work. I mean, I, I know I've, I've stopped in, in many places where the shots were just crap. But once in a while, you get really special shots. Mm -hmm. And that's what you should. Oops. One second, sorry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no you. So once in a while, you get an amazing shot. And uh, you know the, the difference between the pros and the amateurs. The pros shoot as much crap as the amateurs, but we only show the good stuff. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. But how do you deal with, you know, creative block? Because I think sometimes we have moments when we keep taking photos that we don't like and we feel like we're just not good enough as photographers. And a lot of people experience that. Do you ever experience that? And if so, how do you deal with that? You mean something like imposter syndrome? Yeah, imposter syndrome. Yeah. Creative block, things like that, where you don't feel like you're a good photographer or you're suffering from a lack of inspiration or something like that. Well, if you're an artist, you will sooner or later hit that, you know, that spot where you think you're 
you crap. I mean, mm. it just happens. It, it is, uh, you know, it's natural. And especially today in the world where, you know, I mean, social shows you the best of everyone's life. You know, you think people are, are traveling more than you. You think your people are uh, having better lives, eating better food, traveling to more exciting places. But basically, you have to accept the fact that sometimes you're going to think that your work is, is shit. Pardon my French. And uh, and a week later, you look at you'll look at your portfolio and say, "Hey, it is actually pretty good." I think in today's world, a photographer needs to be, you know, to have self confidence almost to the the degree of vanity. Almost, mm. you don't need to be really vain, but you love your work and be certain of yourself. Otherwise, you're not, and you're never going to survive as an artist, you know, because People, you know, people's favorite thing is telling you how much you suck. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, take, for example, I mean, the articles I wrote for, for DP Review. I mean, there are people, I mean, those keyboard warriors whose main hobby in life, it seems, is, you know, reading my articles and commenting about how, how much of a charlatan I am and how bad and uh, derivative my, my pictures are. And, uh, oh, the there's a special subgenre of people who love to tell me that I'm, what I'm doing is illegal. So <laughs> you really have to deal with a lot of assholes and a lot of uh, people who, you know, diss you and, and stuff like that, even though they will never be, <laughs> I mean, artists, not to mention professional artists, they will always be in their mom's basement, you know, clicking the keyboard. But you do have to face a lot of criticism. You do have to face a lot of, uh, you know, negativity thrown in your way. So you have to be certain of, of your abilities. And yeah, I mean, you have to be honest with yourself. When I, I mean, times where when I don't feel good about my work are exactly the times where I feel I'm not doing enough to make good work. Okay, mm -hmm. I've done this and this so far, but okay, what now? You know, if I'm a real artist, if I'm a real professional photographer, if I'm I'm an innovator, if I if I'm, you know, striving to to create original art, I need to to have some stuff planned which will allow me to to do just that. So usually I will have you know up to between five and ten trips per year uh, all around the world, and uh, at any point I'm after a trip and before a trip. So this kind of uh, prevents me from feeling bad about what I do because I just came back from somewhere. I'm in the, in the process of, of, you know, processing and, and calling and, and uh, finalizing my shots from there. And I'm also just before going somewhere else, which is also exciting and new and uh, interesting and a potential for original art. So even if I don't feel amazing right now, you know, probably I did something two weeks ago that's just waiting in the in the folder and even if not i'm going to do something in two or three weeks which will be amazing mm -hmm. so uh, that's a nice nice method yeah it definitely is you're basically in a cycle all the time and you have something to look forward to and you have some photographs that you're looking forward to going through to calling and then you also have a trip ahead of yourself that's yeah that's a good method to keep yourself excited and entertained at all times. Because, yeah, we do need to keep... And moving. again, I really want to stress it again. 
go to new places. <laughs> People don't understand how important that is. Go to new places. Go where you're excited. Not Don't stay in your comfort zone. People go to the same place because it's their comfort zone. I know this. I know where I'll stay. I know the road. I know how to drive there. I know the weather. I know how to dress. And I know exactly where I'm going to put my tripod and, and take the shot. But there's nothing positive about this, this way of doing things. Mm -hmm. Go somewhere new. You might have a little more trouble. You might get lost. You might not know exactly what to shoot. You might take a week. Or uh, or a few days to to realize uh, where the the good composition is, or or you might get unlucky with with wildlife, but at least you won't be rehashing the same crap. Yeah, it, it will keep life more exciting. So you've been to so many places. Is there a country or a specific city or somewhere that you haven't been to yet that you really want to visit and photograph? Oh, I have a huge list. I mean. To be honest, uh, 2018-2019 were, you know, the, the, really the best years of my career because I was traveling all the time and I was working all the time and I, I did a lot of things that were really exciting. I mean, take for example 2019. I mean, I had a trip to uh, to Lofoten to guide, and then I took a friend and we went to Southeast Asia. Uh, went to Indonesia, Malaysia, Malaysia, Singapore, and Hong Kong, and it was my first visit to Indonesia. It was unbelievably good and exciting. Several erupting volcanoes and orangutans, and unbelievable. I mean, I really highly recommend Indonesia to anyone that loves nature or volcanoes, uh, wildlife, good food. And then, uh, then I went to uh, I think Namibia, if I'm not mistaken, and then uh, Greenland, and then. Uh, there was the eclipse in, in July, and then uh, I went again to uh, to Southeast Asia, to Thailand, Vietnam, Myanmar, and Taiwan. So, I mean, a lot of stuff happened. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and then, you know, COVID happened, but uh, I'm optimistic. <laughs> yeah, I, I really hope that we do get the chance to travel soon again especially you especially nature photographers because it's such an important part of their careers their lives i mean there are so many more places to discover right so i can only oh, yeah. get so sorry you asked me about uh, uh new places that i want to see i forgot mm -hmm. the question <laughs> it's okay. it was about um yeah so but i i do have a very 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 long list so i i started by saying that 2018 to 19 were you know record years in my career but I thought, hey, 2020 was going to be even better because I'm celebrating my 40th birthday. Of course, it's going to be an unbelievable year. So I had an insane amount of trips planned. Mm -hmm. It was probably the best planned year in my career. And I, I don't want to give up what my destinations were supposed to be, but it was a dream destination for me. And uh, I was supposed to do a month and a half in that dream destination and then in august ian and i were supposed to go to madagascar mm. and shoot landscape wildlife and uh, i was just supposed to have a lot of workshops in, in namibia and uh, uh, greenland etc etc yeah but but these places are, are not going anywhere you know and uh, mm. hopefully have uh, have a chance to go when things are, are settled down i mean I, I just need to get my life back thank you very much 
and <laughs> I need places to open up. And even if the conditions for entry are very restrictive, I mean, okay, no worries. I'm already, I've already gotten my third dose of, of COVID vaccine. I'm willing to get tested. I'm, I'm willing to do whatever you want. Just let me in. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would love to go to Madagascar. I would love to go uh, shoot some more volcanoes around the world. There's a lot of places in Africa that I want to go. I'm, I'm trying to put a little more emphasis on, on wildlife lately because I think my landscape portfolio is much better than my wildlife portfolio. And I would love to, to improve on wildlife. So a lot of places in Africa are very appealing to me. Um, maybe go back to South America. That would be great. But you know, I would love to go back to Colombia. But they're in a pretty bad situation with COVID. I would love to go back to Indonesia. Mm-hmm. From all the countries I, I have been in, I would say Indonesia is the best place to come back to at this moment. But uh, with regard to, to new places, uh, yeah, there's a lot of places in, in, in the world I haven't been. Russia, China. Um, I would love to go uh, Australia, New Zealand, Madagascar, to name a few. Yeah, those are all really interesting places. I actually was going to suggest or ask about Madagascar because I feel like the landscapes there are very fitting. Uh, to Absolutely. Mm-hmm. The only bummer is that you can't take a drone. You can't uh, legally take a drone in, inside the country, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. So I've, I've transitioned to shooting a lot with a drone. Mm-hmm. A lot. I, I really feel that changed the face of, of landscape photography. And uh, right now, a, a big percentage of, of my photography is done with a drone. Really? So, oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have you have a mini helicopter in your bag and you can just pull it out and fly it wherever and it will fly for half an hour mm-hmm. and you can you can fly it to places where a regular helicopter can't go inside a volcano mm-hmm. or uh, you know where where you have noxious gases like uh, the Kawaijin volcano in, in Indonesia you have a ton of, of really bad sulfuric gases inside the crater mm-hmm. but and I mean, when I went there, you had to go to wear uh, goggles and, uh, and a gas mask. But mm-hmm. the drone doesn't care. <laughs> drone just goes wherever. And uh, yeah, I mean, in, in the Iceland volcano, I mean, you can take the drone and fly it super close to the lava. Yeah, so it's a, it's a kind of a bummer that uh, Madagascar doesn't allow it. But uh, I, I would say the majority of, of my shooting there would be actually wildlife. Mm-hmm. So it's fine that... Uh, I mean, you can you can shoot wildlife with a land cam. Well, you mentioned drones. I'm sure the listeners are curious to know what kind of equipment you use. Mm, sure. Um, with a drone, I use a Mavic 2 Pro by DJI. It really is unbelievably amazing. It's. I mean, we're living in the future. I mean, you have this mini helicopter, and it's tiny. This thing is tiny. You can put it in in, in your jacket pocket. Mm. And uh, you take it out, you unfold it, and, and it flies for half an hour. And it can, I flew it up to six kilometers away from the remote in, in good conditions. And I, I could have flown it farther, but I had to come back. The battery didn't last. But uh, it's unbelievable. I love the drone. I never miss a chance to, to take it out and shoot. And uh, <laughs> my, my nephew actually loves it. I mean, he always tells me, Uncle Ez, come show me the drone. Let's fly the drone. Let's fly the drone. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, I use uh, Canon cameras and uh, Canon and Tamron and Sigma lenses. 
I mean, I think equipment is, is very secondary in all things uh, photography. I mean, a good photographers will take a better shot with an iPhone than a bad photographer with, with the best camera gear in existence. Mm, that's a good point. It's really, it really is 99% about composition skills. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, speaking of composition, it can seem like a very abstract term to a lot of people. They're not really sure how to define it. So how would you define it? Well, I, I wouldn't say it's abstract. I would say composition is just the arrangement of the different elements in the frame. And uh, when I say composition is important, you know, what, what I mean is you really have to notice and be aware and direct your photography in a way that, you know, mainly your main job is, of, is taking those elements. I mean, if you're a nature photographer, you take the elements that nature bestowed upon you and you arrange them in a satisfactory manner. I mean, if, if it's possible. So, I mean, there's a lot of aspects to those elements of nature. I mean, you have a, if you have a rock, it could be big, it could be small, it could be near, it could be far. It could be very detailed, have a lot of, of details on it. It could be light, it could be dark. And your job as a photographer is, you know, counting, taking into account all these traits of not only the rock in front of you, but of all the elements in the frame and, you know, positioning them in a way that is satisfactory or, you know, that looks good and feels good. You know, that's not unbalanced. You know, you need to avoid having uh, dead space where it shouldn't be and you should avoid uh, cutting off your elements where you shouldn't. I mean, there's no, there's always an exception to any rule. But generally speaking, composition is about balancing you know, the two-dimensional balancing of different objects in your shot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you basically have to calculate, as you said, and take in different elements into account. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's definitely something that needs to calculate be... Calculate is... A, I, you need to feel it more than calculate it. I mean, for me, it's, it's a very natural thing. I'm a super visual person, so it comes very natural to me, and I don't need, I don't need to calculate anything. I just feel what's balanced and what's not balanced. What, the good thing about guiding, actually, is some people don't see it very naturally. So you have to devise a way of explaining what you feel instinctively. So guiding, this is not another way guiding has uh, you know, contributed to my life and to my art. It actually makes you a better photographer by making you, forcing you, make sense out of your feelings. Yeah? So uh, basically, when you have to explain then you can say, okay, this is too big. Uh, you know, the elements on the on the left side of the frame are too big, so the frame is unbalanced. You know, it's left heavy, or this part of the image is too empty compared to the you know the opposing part that is too full, and that makes the image unbalanced, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So when I guide, um, I would mostly put an emphasis on explaining how to quote unquote calculate the balance of, of different elements. So, yeah, mm -hmm. I would say that if you simplify composition, that, that it's, this is what it's about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good answer. And it's cool that teaching has helped you improve as a photographer. And I'm assuming that your background in teaching mathematics has helped you teach in general, right? So everything in your life has helped you as a photographer and as a person. 
And I'm curious to know more specifically, how has music and engineering helped you in photography? <laughs> well, that is that is a really good question. And you really hit the nail on the head here because, I mean, people don't realize how much, you know, your knowledge in other areas altogether really helps you. In, I mean, let, let's take engineering. I mean, engineering, okay, I, I don't use any of my engineering, you know, qualifications when, when shooting, but it's helped me in, in so many ways. I mean, first of all, I was, um, I, I did like uh, uh, a, pro, a special program, master's program, when where I started my master's before finishing uh, my bachelor's. So like, it's like five years and you get a master's. And in this program, you're basically committing to doing a research thesis. And you're also committing to uh, teaching. So if you have to teach, you can't really work other than that. You're also signing, signing off on, on being able to, to work somewhere else because you're getting full scholarship. and You're getting a lot of funding for your research. So they're saying, okay, we're giving you all this money. I mean, we don't want you to devote your attention to anything else, which is more than fair. So basically when you teach... Okay, you teach a few hours a week, and, and that's the job. And you, you get paid, okay, but then you have all this free time. And it's actually the free time being paid very well that allowed me to delve very deep into this hobby of photography. And then, you know, because I had a lot of time and, and attention to devote to photography, I could, you know, eventually become a pro. Mm -hmm. I could be, you know, I'm good enough and become a pro. So engineering really helped me in, in unexpected ways. Mm -hmm. uh, I would say it's, it also makes everything technical about photography very trivial. Because, come on, it, I can explain in, in five minutes everything technical about photography. You know, it, it, it's not even 1% of, of what you do in, in one math course. So, uh, yeah. But mainly it gave me the, the time and, and attention and uh, ability to go into photography. Whereas if I were full time, I, w I would never be able to devote that much attention to photography. And music, well, music, it's even more convoluted and, and complicated. So I wouldn't know how to start. But mm -hmm. uh, there, are, there are some parallelisms between any art and any other art. And uh, you can, yeah, you can parallel music and, and, uh, and photography. You can parallel music and traveling. I mean, whenever you open up yourself and learn new things and discover new things about our world, about our universe, about nature, about yourself as a person, you're enriched. So having a lot of interests really enriches you and contributes to any kind of work you decide on doing. I, mean, I think being a musician helped me with engineering. I think being a musician and being an engineer helped me with becoming a photographer. It enriches you personally, and like we started the conversation, you cannot really differentiate the artist from the art. So if you are a richer personally, you are also a richer artist. Mm -hmm. So all of your spectrum of knowledge, all of your experience as a person, I think, I mean, my experience, my personal experience as a person, with my relations with other people has, has become much more rich uh, or better in the last decade. But that also contributed to my work as a photographer. Mm -hmm. 
absolutely. I'm a very firm believer in opening up yourself to different areas of thought, to different uh, proficiencies. Even if you do something seemingly trivial, like, I don't know, learn how to drive a truck, a trailer, that might help you in, in ways you never expected. Right. Yeah. No, I completely agree. Not, not to mention very useful knowledge, like learning a, a new language or learning uh, math or, or, or learning, learning music. Yeah, I think that's a really nice perspective to have as a person, but as a photographer as well, because whatever you do, even outside of photography, as you said, will enrich your life and might help you as a photographer. And that means that nothing that you do is going to be useless. And I think that's a very beautiful, optimistic perspective to have in life. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. I mean, I've, I've, I mean, in COVID times, I've sometimes felt a little pessimistic. So... Uh... Thank you for, for, for saying I'm an optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> no worries, but it's true. What you said was optimistic. And that's the perspective I have on life as well, where whatever you do, even if it's not related to your main hobby or your main career or whatever, it's going to enrich you in some way. And that's fun. That's exciting. It means that every new thing that you pursue has the potential to change your life in some way, even positively. Absolutely. So, yeah, it makes life super exciting and unpredictable. And I think that's makes it so interesting as well so yeah it's uh, very good to keep that in mind yeah keep that uh, spirit i mean if i mean being an artist is about keeping yourself excited you know an artist is, is in in some ways a child when you're a child you get excited about about trivial things and when you grow up uh, you know and find a job and, and settle into a you know a life uh, of, of some sort of routine you can lose this uh childish magic or childish ability to be excited about things in, mm -hmm. a, in a deep way but the good thing about art is that it keeps you excited i mean when i go and shoot a volcano when i fly in a helicopter with no door above a crazy volcano i'm excited i'm super excited i lose control you know and when i see a, a total solar eclipse i'm excited or where there's a 220 kilo gorilla 500 pound gorilla in front of my eyes like you know a meter and a half from me looking me in the eye i am damn excited <laughs> yeah I can is, a, is a tool to keep your passion and, and passion is a, a very big part of life for me yeah yeah absolutely and it, it should be a big part of i think everybody's life because yeah as i said as we mentioned previously it's it will keep your life exciting it will challenge you it will inspire you to try new things at all times so that's very very important in life Absolutely. One last question for you, and that is, what is the one thing you'd like to achieve in this great big photography world? Well, that's a good question. I mean, I don't have one specific thing I, I want to achieve. I just want to keep doing what I do. I mean, to be honest, you know, when, when, when I win a prize, a competition or something, and people ask me, Wow, that's people say to me that's that's a really good achievement. Are you happy with this achievement? I tell them, listen, I mean, the real achievement is doing what I love. I wake up in the morning, I don't have to stand in traffic going to some job I don't like. No, I, I wake up in the morning and I think, what do I want to do next? And then I I might find something that I want to do next, and I talk to my regular travel partners, I talk to my my friends in Israel, I talk to my to Ian. And uh, if there is mutual interest in going somewhere, we'll just plan it and do it. I make dreams come true for that as the prize, you know, not 
any, not just their competition reward and not the money and not anything. The prize is doing what you love, is living a life. I mean, living a life, doing what you love and making dreams come true for a living. You know, that's a different level of life. You cannot compare it to anything else. I mean, I cannot compare it to the life I had before, even when I worked in high tech and made a lot of money and, you know, there was a prestige that came with it. That's trash. It's absolute trash compared to what I'm doing now. Do what you love and you work one day in your life. Yeah. Well, I'm very happy to know that you are living a life that makes you happy. And that's something that a lot of people want to aspire to. And I'm sure that this has encouraged any listeners who are trying to pursue a similar lifestyle to yours. So thank you for sharing your story very honestly with us. Um, yeah, it was really interesting to find out about your cool adventures in different countries and your workshops. And I want to join one of your workshops one day, maybe in Madagascar. Yeah, you should arrange one in Madagascar and I might join. Well, I only guide where I've already been. So okay, maybe, some, maybe in a few years. Well, first, I have to go and do it. Yeah, but I have... Some really awesome ones that are coming up, you should check out. I have, uh, you know, every year I do the Lofoten workshops. Every year I do the Greenland workshops. Greenland mm-hmm. is, is freaking amazing. Mm-hmm. If you haven't been, that's the one I definitely recommend. And uh, I always have some 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 workshops uh, under the radar for my usual clients, for my like regulars. And uh, I, I do plan to do the, the Puna workshops where mm-hmm. when I can. But uh, yeah, I'll keep in touch. And uh, if something uh, interesting, you should join, definitely. Absolutely, yeah. And I mean, anyone listening, yeah. everyone who's listening, you're more than invited to my workshops. Uh, I haven't worked in two years, so <laughs> if you want to support my photography, that's this is the time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for sharing your stories with us. Uh, I had so much fun talking to you, and I wish you all the best with your future workshops and your photography adventures. Thank you so much, Taya. Thank you for having me. And thanks again to Ian for recommending me. I had a lot of uh, fun. And hopefully people uh, will make some uh, good use out of it, or at least find it uh, interesting. I'm sure they will. Thank you. Thank you. Great Big Photography World wouldn't be what it is without our incredible listeners. We're grateful for the time you take to listen to other photographers' stories and share your feedback with us. If you'd like to help us keep this podcast running smoothly, you can become a member on our website. In return for your help, we'll provide you with all kinds of exciting perks. Go to greatbigphotographyworld.com. There's a link to it in the show notes. It was very interesting for me to find out about Erez's unique photography and his perspective on life. Please check out his work if you need a boost of photography inspiration. You definitely won't be disappointed. See you next week. There's a simple reason why photographycourse.net is the highest rated photography community in the world. It's because the people who use it made it that way. Why not join us right now? Improve your skills, get exposure, and discover an exciting new world of photography. While you're at it, claim your special discount code by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member.